All right, well, good evening, everybody. Merry Christmas Eve. Glad y'all are here. Uh, We'll begin with uh, the lighting of the candles. And tonight we will be lighting the Christ candle. Uh, But first we will just go back through and light the prophet's candle. And that was the the candle of hope. Uh, Like the prophet Isaiah prophesied that the Messiah would come born of a virgin. And his name would be Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And then we have the Bethlehem candle. Somebody help me out here. Is that the pink one? This one. All right, here we go. Bethlehem. And this was the representing the faith, the faith of Joseph and Mary. And then we had the shepherd's candle. And this is the joy of the shepherds. And then we have the angel's candle. And this is the peace, the peace candle. And last and best, we have the Christ candle. Also, this is the candle representing God's love. God's love. So... With that, why don't we open our Bibles to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 1. <clears throat> chapter 2, verse 1. And I'm going to read it. Uh, this will be, I'm going to read the both the ESV. And also, I will reread in the uh, King James Version. Now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him, we ask you. And the King James reads, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. And when I initially read this text, I, I thought at first, how does this relate to God's love? And uh, I'm very thankful for uh, John Calvin and his institutes. I'll just take a s- short portion of a paragraph that really helped me see things a little clearer here. And Calvin says, This is from the Institutes of the Christian Religion. We see God's love in comforting the Thessalonians in their tribulations. Paul tells them that these trials have been sent so that they may be found worthy of God's kingdom for which they are suffering. For he writes, God is just in afflicting those who afflict you and in giving you rest on the day when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven. So that helped me to see kind of what was going on here. The the trouble the Thessalonians faced uh, was that they had been given false information concerning the day of the Lord, and they had either been told that they had missed the coming of the Lord, or that the coming of the Lord was just moments away. 
right? And this false teaching created apathy and laziness among the Thessalonians. A lot of them weren't working to support their families, and and that's sinful. And even worse, though, some were just using it as an excuse to sin to say, you know, well, what does it matter? You know, if the world's going to end, you know, if the world's going to end tonight, what does it matter? You know. Uh, and I read from the King James because the word that really got me there was to beseech the brethren. And I really kind of thought, well, what does that word mean? And that's really where I saw the love of God here. It means to ask or request with concern and care. And it's almost as if Paul is just walking up beside the Thessalonians here with his arm around their shoulder. Like, hey man, I got to talk to you. Have you gotten a false report about the day of the Lord? Right? And I just want to imitate Paul a little bit tonight by personally coming alongside of y'all and putting my arm around y'all in love and in care and saying, have you been fed some false information about the coming of the Lord? And I will say it seems like you can't turn on a Christian radio station today without, you know, with the recent events with the war with Israel, without people saying that these are the end times or something close to that, right? Y'all have heard it for sure if you've listened to any Christian radio. And, you know, before that, What was the speculation during COVID? It was the shots were the mark of the beast, right? Seemed like human nature is always trying to make things like the end is near. I want you to know, like Paul, with care and concern here, and his love for them concerning the last day, what the Word of God says. In Matthew 24:42 the word of God says therefore stay awake for you do not know on what day your lord is coming. The same chapter verse 44 the son of man Jesus is coming at a day you do not expect an hour you do not expect. So Have you been fed some information that's wrong? Because the truth is, no one knows. When you turn on the radio and the people are saying, I think we're living in the end times, listen to me, the truth is, from the Word of God is, we do not know. The people need to tell you the truth. We don't know. And it's not just that we do not know. Acts 1-7 Jesus says, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. It's not just that we don't know. It's that it's not for us to know, right? To to say that we're in the end times is to try to pry into a secret place that God the Father has fixed. And it it is human pride that does that. It's human pride trying to make some kind of carnal security, and we need to shake that off. Now, you might say, is it, is it better for me to know that it's not known? That doesn't seem 
that doesn't seem good. Well, it is good because according to our confession of faith, the last day being unknown is meant to deter us from sin, right? When Christ returns, he needs to find us faithful, right? He doesn't need to find us lazy. He doesn't need to find us headlong in sin. He needs to find us faithful, steadfast, in watchful obedience, looking for him. Right? We're not supposed to be looking for Armageddon or the signs and the, you know, is this the mark of the beast, right? We, we lit the Christ candle tonight because we're supposed to be looking forward to Christ. And in reference to J.C. Ryle's chapter tonight, our gathering together unto him. And you see, that's really what the last day is all about after reading this chapter is, you know, we've kind of gotten it all wrong, right? Focusing on uh, Armageddon or, you know, the mark of the beast or who is the Antichrist, right? This is about being gathered together with our ultimate Savior, Christ. Right. Now, Ryle uses the time of year, the Christmas gatherings, right? It says this is the time of year where families are going to gather together for Christmas. And he asks the question, isn't there a better gathering yet to come? And there is an assembly that is better that is to come. And this gathering together will take place on the last day when Christ returns. Christ will send his angels with a great shout of a trumpet and will gather the elect from the four winds from the end of heaven to the other. And he will gather, it says the dead will, will rise first, right? And then the living. And we will be Gathered together, this plainly revealed in Scripture. Now, Ryle says the manner of the gather, gathering together, the manner of the gathering together is every member in Christ will be found, not one will be missing. Right? Not one will be missing. He says the object of the gathering together is. Two parts. The final reward for Christ's people is that they will be publicly admitted, publicly admitted into the kingdom of God. Right. For all to see. And the other is the safety of God's people that we will be spared of his wrath. Right. And Isaiah 26, 20 says, come, my people. Shall their master say, enter your rooms and shut the doors behind you. Hide yourselves for a little while until his wrath has passed by. When the wrath of the last day comes, believers will be untouched and safe in the Lord. The gathering will be a great one. It will be great in number. All of the children of God who have ever lived 
of every age, of every nation, of every tribe, and of every tongue shall all be assembled together. Right? And uh, for all of you who work for companies and you have an HR department, you can go ahead and shove this in their face because we have a level of diversity. The church has it. No one else has it. We have Christ's people in every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. And you can't beat that. So great in number, not one of Christ's sheep will be overlooked or forgotten. The weakest and the feeblest sheep will not be left behind. The gathering will be a wonderful one. It will be full of wonder. And for several reasons, it will be full of wonder because we will see people there that we had no idea that they would be there. Right. And it might be me. It might be people looking at me going, man, I had no idea that guy would make it here. Okay, right. It will be full of wonder. Right. Full of wonder. We will see some in heaven we never expected to be saved at all. There will be miracles of grace revealed in heaven. And even Ryle pulls a quote from Numbers 23, 23. The assembled multitude will cry with one heart and in one language what God has wrought. He says even the confusion of tongues will at length be reversed and done away. Won't that be wonderful? The gathering will be a humbling one. It will make an end of bigotry and narrow-mindedness forever. The Christians of one denomination will find themselves side by side with those of another denomination. Right? And it's a, he said that if, if they won't tolerate them on earth, they will be obliged to tolerate them in heaven. He said, Ryle said also, never will the world have seen such a complete overthrow of sectarianism, party spirit, unbrotherliness, religious jealousy, and religious pride. And at last, we'll all be clothed with humility. Now, why is the gathering together to be desired? Right? Paul is... Again, he's got his arm around us here and he's got to talk to us about this gathering. He thinks this is the thing that we should be desiring. But why? Well, the first thing is, is that this gathering together will be unlike the present condition because the present condition is... God's people are scattered all over the earth, right? We're lucky to have the gathering that we have here, right? I won't say lucky. We're blessed to have the gathering, but we're just one spot on the earth, right? God's got his people scattered all over the earth. Ralph said to be scattered and not gathered is the rule of man's existence now. So that gathering will be unlike the present condition. 
The gathering of all true Christians will be an assembly entirely of one mind. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect church now, right? There's a, always going to be a mixture as long as man is involved in it. There will be some mixture of error or hypocrisy or false profession. It creeps in everywhere. You know, even Jesus told the parable of the wheat and the tares, right? No, no matter what you do, and, and it's, he intended it to be that way. Right. Whether we understand that or not, right? It's, this is the way it is. But there will be a perfect gathering together in the Lord at the last day. Ephesians five twenty seven says the the church will be having no spot, no wrinkle. Right, a perfect church bride will be presented to the husband man Christ. Right. And the gathering together will be perfect in the sense, too, of, you know, to find two or three or four brothers who can gather together and agree, right, is a, is a blessing, but I just want you to think about this gathering together will be a gathering together of all the saints of one mind and one opinion. Right? There won't be any squabbling, discord, dissent, right? All of those will just be dropped off like leaves off a tree. The gathering together of true Christians will be a meeting at which none shall be absent. The weakest lamb will not be left behind in the wilderness. We will see our beloved friends and relatives who died in Christ before us. They left us in sorrows and tears. And we will see them better, brighter, more beautiful, and more pleasant than Ever we found them on earth, Rao says. We will have communion with all the saints of God that have fought the good fight before us from the beginning to the end. J- just think, uh, you know, uh, Job will be there, right? Peter will be there, right? John will be there, right? I, and don't get me wrong. Christ, obviously, is the main thing, is what we want. But just just think about the communion of all of the saints that have ever lived before us. They will be there. And I'm probably going to need to just go sit down with Job for a minute and just thank him immensely for all he has, you know, taught me. His story has taught me. The gathering of all true Christians will be a meeting... Without parting, there are no such meetings now, right? All of our meetings now, we're all hurried. We all have to rush. He says that goodbye treads on the heels of hello. But the last day comes when goodbye and farewell will be words that are laid aside forever. It'll be a gathering together with no end.
Now, applications. Applications are this. A plain question. Ryle says not to turn away from it, but to look it in the face. Will you be gathered by the angels into God's home when the Lord returns on the last day? Or will you be left behind? Two things are for certain here. There will be a last day. We don't know when, but there will be a last day. And the other thing that is for certain on that last day, there will be two classes of people, those on Christ's right hand and those on Christ's left hand, right? The wheat gathered into his barn or the weeds burned, right? Those who are in the ark, those who are outside of the ark, right? Those who are counted righteous, clothed with the righteousness of Christ, and those unrighteous, not clothed. What will your portion be? Ryle says, I hope you never rest until you know. He says, deal honestly with your own heart, but don't rest until you know. Application number two is the plain means of testing your own heart's condition. He says, if you want to know if you'll be gathered into God's home, ask yourself what kind of gatherings you like best here on earth. Ask yourself whether you really love the assembling together of God's people. Look, if you take no pleasure in coming to church, if you take no pleasure here on earth gathering together with God's people, how will you ever take pleasure gathering together for all eternity in heaven? Right? If you love worldly parties and you think that Christian worship is boring and tiresome, how will you ever enjoy the company of saints that will be worshiping Jesus nonstop forever? The thing is impossible. Ryle says, Never let it be forgotten that our tastes on earth are a sure evidence of the state of our hearts. The state of our hearts here on earth is a sure indication of our eternal home hereafter. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And he who hopes to be gathered with the saints in heaven, while he only loves the gatherings of sinners on earth, is deceiving himself. And if he lives and dies in that state of mind, he will be found at last that it would have been better if he had never been born. So think about that. What kind of gatherings do you like right now? Do you look forward to gathering together with the Lord's people on the Lord's day? That will tell you a lot. In application three, if you are a true Christian, I exhort you to be often looking forward. Your best things are yet to come because on that last day, Christ, whom we love, and believe on the one who we love because he loved us first 
He will come. And when He comes, He will gather us all together like the family of God that we are in unending worship to Him and joy. And to that we all say, Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word tonight, Lord, and help us to see Your love and Your care and Your concern for us through the text. And Lord, help us to not be deceived by the world around us, but help us to, through all of the trial and stress and the pain and the fear and the doubt, help us to keep our eyes glued on Jesus Christ. And Lord, help us to ever look forward to your coming. And Lord, even though we do not know what day that will be, Lord, help strengthen us to be steadfast and to be ready. Help us to be faithful. So that, Lord, when you return, we can be gathered together into this great gathering, publicly admitted into your kingdom. And Lord, we pray, forgive us of our sins, and Lord, bless us and keep us, keep us from evil. And again, Lord, help us to ever be looking forward to you and your coming. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.